0: especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or in Tupelo. And if you can't make it to one of those two locations, well, they can bring it right to you. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order some of the, uh, the dry roast or the K-Cups, whatever kind of uh, contraption you've got for making coffee in your house. Strange Brew has a coffee for you. Our good friends at College Corner, it's still a new year. You still need some new gear. Baseball season will be upon us pretty soon. And, hey, basketball season, maybe. Maybe it's time to make a trip to the hump. And if you want to do that, you want to make sure you're looking good. Some brand-new maroon and white gear. Two locations of College Corner to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Tacos, Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. And don't forget about their Sunday brunch. If you're uh, in Startville for the weekend, you want to enjoy a little different kind of brunch, man, they've got you taken care of there at Humble Taco. Lots of great specials every day. They do wings on Wednesday, and it's always Taco Tuesday at Humble Taco. Enjoy some great food, great margaritas, and a great time at Humble Taco. When you're looking for something quick and delicious for lunch, I'd hit up Firehouse Subs, and I'd use the Firehouse Subs app. It's an easy download, and once you do that, it's an easy way to get a lunch. That is quick, that's great tasting, it's good for you, and hey, you're going to be piling up reward points and eating free sandwiches pretty soon. I don't think any sandwich app, any restaurant app, gives you reward points faster than when you use the Firehouse Subs app. Locations in Starkville, Oxford, Tupelo, Columbus, Flowood and Madison, that's Firehouse Subs. We're
1: back. It's good to be back. It's about dang time. I I know. I mean, sitting around, waiting on you. I mean, was just. What do you want? So, want to thank everybody. uh, uh, Please, please, can we can we have a sustained week where we? I think so. You you think we could do that?
0: I mean, I I don't make any promises in this life. You know, I think that the the, the Bible teaches us that tomorrow is not promised to us. So, you know, we should. uh, Yeah,
1: this is kind of your job to talk, and you haven't been talking for. I get that. I get that.
0: Three weeks. I get that. I'm just saying that, you know, the world could end tomorrow. And, you know, it's not my fault that there's no podcast after the rapture. Okay. So you just have to let me be on that one. Don't, don't you put this on Jesus's shoulders? He, he can bear that burden. he he bears the burden of the world. He can, he can handle that as well. I want to thank everybody who reached out and, uh, and, and asked out, checked in on me. I appreciate that. Those of you who didn't check in, your absence has been noted. We'll, we'll remember those, those things. Saw a lot of uh, guys uh, on social media and message boards asking about me. Really appreciate that. Saw some hate. That's okay too. Not got no problem with that.
1: But at least they, that does that count as checking in
0: on you? Uh, yeah,
1: that's a good I question. They thought about you at least. They, at least I was at
0: least on their brain, right? I guess so. So yeah. Uh, but it's good to be back. And we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll hit the uh, transfer portal in the second half of the show. We'll talk a little women's basketball. a Little historic moment of the bad kind. Uh, on Sunday, but we will start with men's basketball and their big win over Alabama, uh, a game where I thought they played a pretty complete game. I thought that having Tolu Smith back, may, he he made a difference when he was in, but he was in foul most of the game. And yet State was still able to win the game and still able to, to you know, the final six minutes of the game, Tolu Smith on the bench fouled out and State was still able to pull away. Iverson Molinar had a great week. I expect at some point today uh, on Monday, I guess I should say. He'll be named SEC player of the week. Just a really good win and a win that state really needed to have after that loss last week at at, at Ole Miss. That sort of this this win sort of got them back on track because when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, we said, look, state need, you know, especially once they beat Arkansas. They need to beat Missouri. That game was canceled. They need to beat Ole Miss, they lost. And they need to beat Georgia. They did. This win was sort of this game was sort of one we were looking at and saying, ah, it'll be tough to beat Alabama. They got the win. That sort of puts them back on track.
1: Yes, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I just thought that the adjustments that they made in the second half were crucial in this ballgame. And I think Alabama's going to be a really good team when it's all said and done. And they've lost three straight games. But you look at it, I mean, the Missouri game's kind of unexplainable. I, I don't know what happened. They as the Ole Miss that. game for State. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kwanzaa Martin's no longer the coach there now, and, you know, their program didn't do anything after winning that game. So that was kind of one of those games that you can't really explain that happen in the SEC whenever teams go on the road. But they lost to Auburn, who, in my mind, is the best team in the country. I watched them last last night against Ole Miss. I thought Ole Miss played really well for about the first 25 to 30 minutes of that game. Mm Mm-hmm. But you could just see the talent seeping out team. of that. It's just it's incredible um, what Auburn has. So losing that ball game very close manner that they did, you can tell this Alabama team has the pieces there to be really good, and I think they will be. So this was a huge win for Mississippi State. And Brian, what have we talked about? You know, all year and even you know last year between you and I this team just cannot win those games those close ball games against good teams that they, they and these big games that they have they can't seem to to win those ball games and that's been what's been holding them back every single year it seems like i mean it's really what what hindered them last year in a in a year that was kind of a rebuilding season they had so many of those games that if they swing the other way you might be talking about Mississippi State playing an the tournament last year instead of going to the NIT, but instead they weren't able to win those games. So you talk about the schedule, and there's not that many bad losses on the schedule for Mississippi State this year. They do have the Ole Miss game, but there's no good wins. This was finally a good win for Mississippi State. Finally a good win. And now that Arkansas game starting to creep up, they're quad two now, and they're moving – I think they moved up almost 30 spots in the net. So – State's that's really going to
0: get a great benefit of playing Arkansas when they were down. But now Arkansas is going to get their players back and they'll start moving up. Yes. That, that's going to work out perfectly for Mississippi State. Except for the fact that they have to go to Fayetteville. They do. But by couple. that point in the <laughs> season, they might be rolling and might have I might have some confidence. This is a big week, though, this week for Mississippi State. Florida, Florida is just not what it was. I think Mike White – I think our good friend uh, Scott Strickland is going to have to make his second uh, – Personnel decision of the year, uh, or of the of the athletic year, I guess I should say, uh, in the coming months. I don't think Mike White's much longer for Gainesville, and then you have Ole Miss again. State could really go for two and zero. I don't think a two and zero is a must. If you lose at Florida, it, it's not that bad. They got to beat Ole Miss on Saturday. They, they they absolutely. I I said that two weeks ago. It didn't happen, but they absolutely have to beat Ole Miss on Saturday.
1: No doubt. And th- you looked at the stretch, it was a very daunting stretch, probably the toughest that Mississippi State's going to face in a five-game stretch this season. And I thought two wins would be, would be okay, not great, but be okay. Three wins would be really good to get three wins out of the stretch. Four would be incredible. Uh, but if you could get to three wins in this stretch, that would be outstanding for Mississippi State – to do that, I feel like you have to beat Florida this week. You have to go on the road. This is not a Florida team that is uh, one that scares you very much. Right. So, State, if, if they can find a way to win that ball game, I actually feel pretty good about the Ole Miss game. I, I don't see Mississippi State laying an egg twice against them, especially at home. But, man, if you can win this game on Wednesday night, I think you're going to – I said it on our, um, on our, our Twitter spaces the other uh, – the other night. I think if State wins this game, they're gonna have eight thousand plus at the hump. I, yeah. I think it I think it will be rocking for that ball game because people will start to really get invested in this team and they want to see Mississippi State beat Ole Miss after what happened in Oxford. So I feel like that's going to be a game that should be well attended, especially if they win on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I, I think and I think that if State had beaten Ole Miss two Saturdays ago you would have had that kind of crowd for the game against Alabama. I think that that would have been a big crowd, but that loss put people off. They want to see a little more. If State can beat Florida, I agree with you. There will be a big, big crowd, especially with, and we'll talk about the women's game in just a minute, but State hasn't beaten Ole Miss in anything this athletic year. So, I guess, you
1: know, women's soccer. But how, How much different is our thoughts on this Mississippi State basketball team if they win that Ole Miss game? I would be talking about them in terms of, They'd, They'd be making in the top a push. 25 right now. I They'd think. be
0: making a push to be like a 5 or 6 seed when uh, when when all, when it all comes around. But, They'd be
1: 4 and 0. Mm-hmm. They would have won seven straight games. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be talking about them. They're receiving votes at least in the top 25 and possibly inside. Probably yeah. That that game is is the difference in people right now being still kind of wishy-washy and everybody being fully on board. Every year Robbie, every year that game,
0: that game one state goes into it with momentum and you and I or me and Joel or me and Bob or whoever it was we talk about if state could just win this game everybody might be willing to get back on board and they lose that game losing game 1 is just it's just become part of of you know as much a, a tradition as as you know Thanksgiving
1: and Christmas it's just you just sort of mark it on your calendar now and, at the and- same time though are we are we kind of making it harder than it should be like I feel like we should look at the big picture here for this particular season. and I understand people are, are still very skeptical on Ben Howland and all that, but I feel like we're letting that cast a shadow over kind of where Mississippi State is because they have won six out of seven games. I, I don't think that that one game should be the overlying issue. I, I feel like you know that they deserve a little more credit than they're they're getting right now, uh, and I I feel like you know one loss under Ben Howland has been magnified past you know five or six wins, um, and a lot of that is a lot. There's a lot of truth to you know to a lot of that as well because state hasn't been able to go to the NCAA tournament but one time, so I can understand the the skeptics out there, but. At the same time, I do think that Mississippi State has played pretty well the last couple of weeks, that game notwithstanding. What I would say is that
0: Ole Miss always holds – I mean, it, beating Ole Miss is important to Mississippi State fans. You know, every time a coach gets hired at Mississippi State, they all make the same joke. When I talked to Dr. Keenum, he said, well, you, you need to make sure you represent the university with dig- dignity, blah, 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 and beat Ole Miss. They make the same joke every time, and that's because it's important. So when you lose to Ole Miss, especially, you know, it would be one thing if you were losing to good Ole Miss teams. You aren't. That's a bad Ole Miss team. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. They probably aren't going to go to the NIT, and, and you couldn't beat them. And, I mean, a team that – they scored 51 points the game after you played them, but you let them score 82. You let a guy who is, I mean, a complete and unknown score 30 points on them. That's a tough pill to swallow. That being said, you're right. It is just one game. You can get it back. You can get them back on Saturday, and you can start moving forward. The metrics are good for this team. The team's playing well when they have Tolu Smith. The committee takes those things into account. One thing that if you listen to the broadcast last night, Damian Fishback was very adamant, and he's correct, that the NCAA, the the tournament committee, they look at how, how you played when players are out. Well, Tolu Smith didn't play against Colorado State. That uh, that's a loss. That's a, a, a close loss for Mississippi State. They probably would have won if Tolu Smith had played in that game. I don't believe he played against Minnesota as well. I could be wrong on that. Am, am I wrong? Um I have to go back and look. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't think he did. So that's two of your, you know, two of your losses right there. And he didn't play against Ole Miss, right? Um, no, he did not play against Ole Miss. He didn't play against Ole Miss. So He's only played in like six games. This is sixth game. He played his sixth game on Saturday. Yeah. And even in that game, he only played what half the game because he was he he got into foul trouble in the first half. He fouled out with like
1: six minutes to go. He did Minnesota. play, he played he's played in two MSU losses. He played against Louisville and he played against Minnesota. Did play against that, Minnesota. Okay. And that Louisville game was his first game back. So yeah. I, I don't you know I don't blame him for any of that.
0: You know, they're Louisville. I know they're not Louisville what they normally are this year. That's still a good name program. They have good players. It's gonna be tough to beat. So
1: But I, I just think that I feel like after every loss, it's an overwhelming like it's time to fire Howland. It's time, you know, don't even let him get on the bus. What are we waiting on? Things like that. And then, you know, they'll win like three or four games and people will slowly like creep back up, but not fully get him on board. Then they'll lose again. Like, oh, oh, I told y'all. It's it's just it's not gonna happen. I think that's and like
0: a cumulative effect of seven years and only one tournament appearance. And the way they underachieved in his in 2019, 20, I guess I'm sorry. Yeah, 2019, 2020. And the way that last year's team was so up and down, people just want consistency.
1: They just and, want. Is it. there ever going to be a moment, though, that you think that everybody will be like, okay, we're, we're on board? Is it, I, is it ever going to happen
0: with Allen? I think that had he got at his, his, you know, he went to the tournament, if that next team, which should have been a tournament team, no questions asked, right? Reggie Perry, Robert Woodard, Nick Weatherspoon, Tyson Carter, and everybody else, that's a tournament team. You have enough players to go to be a consistent team. They were so up and down that year. They, they had a top four finish in the SEC, but they weren't guaranteed to be in the NCAA tournament field. If that team had been what it was supposed to be and had been a lock for the tournament when the when the pandemic happened and everything got canceled, I don't think Hallen is facing as much criticism today as he is. Because one thing people never take into consideration is this. State got better every year the first four years under Howland. They had a losing record. Then they were over 500. Then they went to the NIT, I think, semifinals. Then they were in the NCAA tournament. Then the fifth year, he takes a step back. When he should have... At least been as good as he was the year before, if not a little bit better. To be totally honest, I mean, Perry and Woodard got drafted into the NBA. I think that was
1: kind of the year that really soured everybody. It, did. it absolutely because even even last year, people could see middle of the year they were getting better, yeah. and that was a team that was very young and inexperienced. Exactly. So I think I think people could understand that 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 was just kind of you know not the norm, but that year where he did not do it do anything to. Improve upon the year before was really kind of a, a it was a sour subject for state fans. And listen, they might have ended up made, making the tournament, but that's kind of a, a moot point because they were a five seed the year before, mm-hmm. and they were on the bubble right the year they, after they that with the, with the same team that should have been better, but they did they didn't have Q that year, did they? No, that was okay. The, was that, Q and they you know, lost Q and Holman and Lamar P. That, and that, those were big pieces, but they had enough there. They had enough there. Having Woodard to the and Perry – I mean, Woodard
0: – Perry was the SEC player of the year, and you were a bubble team. Yeah. You know, and Tyson Carter was the sixth man of the year. Woodard was great that year. Nick Weatherspoon was good enough. You had abdul doing in the middle handling the defense for you. You had enough going on there to, to be an NCAA tournament team. And you just weren't. So, yeah. this year – there have been some moments where you look back and you're like, they're underachieving. again. I mean, they should have beaten Colorado State. Minnesota was a game that they just let them, they let get away from them. But Minnesota isn't so good that that should have happened. And then you had the Ole Miss game again. State needs, what state could use, and you just sort of hit on it a second ago. If they had beaten Ole Miss, they would have won seven in a row. You can't really complain about seven wins in a row, right? But because it's six out of seven and that Ole Miss game is in there, the state could really use 2-0 and this week just to, Win a few in a row. At that point, you've won, what, uh, four in a row? Then you got to play Kentucky and Texas Tech. That's going to be tough, but just just get a little bit of momentum going. That's, that's, you know, and I don't know. Kentucky isn't unbeatable. Texas Tech isn't unbeatable. If you play a good game, you got a chance to win those games. But this week is a great opportunity for Mississippi State basketball. They're playing well right now. They're starting to, like, everybody's starting to find their roles, find their rhythm within the, uh, the offense find their roles within, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. A couple of wins this week would go a long, long way for this basketball team.
1: No doubt. But it's just, it's so tough to get people fully invested in this, in this basketball program. It's, I mean, you have to string wins together. You can't go back and forth. You can't have it let down. I mean, it's, it's just the program is at the point now with the fan base where, they just are not emotionally invested. They don't want to get emotionally invested because they don't want to be disappointed again. And uh, I, I and, want to disagree with you. They are emotionally invested, but it's only negative. Yeah. No, like, I, I mean, I mean, to get fully behind the team. Right. right like, they, you know, like they, the people team people
0: wins are, and they're like, okay, big
1: deal. But if, if the state loses, we're going to hear about it. We're going to hear about that, it. That's one thing I did want to touch on. I see so many people that are, that, actually get upset when State wins the ball game because it kind of dampers the thought process that Ben Howland is going to be out. And, and they're kind of over Ben Howland at this point, and they don't want Mississippi State to win. That's, that's how I've translated that, is people getting upset. Well, yeah, that, this, this team's no good. Or it's we sort shouldn't. of
0: like what we had at the end of the uh, 2019 football season. Where there yeah. were some state fans who were like, "I would lose the egg bowl if it, I knew it meant Morehead was going to get fired."
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just I can't get behind that. No, like it, you, you need to hope that Ben Howland succeeds because him succeeding is good for your program. You don't want to go into another coaching search right now. I mean, do you have faith that there's going to be a a great hire made if Ben Howland is no longer the coach next year? I, I, don't have any, I don't have any faith. I don't know who they're going to hire. I don't know if it's going to be an upgrade or if they're going to go re- regress back to what Rick Ray had. So if, if you're a Mississippi State fan and, you're, and you want Mississippi State to succeed, you want Ben Howland to succeed.
0: Agreed. Agreed 100%. So big week for Mississippi State. We'll preview those games as we get, we get a little closer to them. But if State can go 2-0 and this week, really puts some cushion on, on, on the padding around the bubble. Uh, for Mississippi State, I assume when the net comes out this week, I haven't looked at it today. But the next one I look at, I would imagine Mississippi State's probably, you know, what mid thirties at this point. That's that's good spot for Mississippi State, but a couple of wins. I, win- I want to say somebody said that they they dropped somehow after beating Alabama. Yeah.
1: That's I, but I, I, might do I, wrong. Now, I might now. You're, now you're gonna make me look. I wasn't going to look, but now I feel like I'm I right. haven't. I haven't researched it, but I was skimming through the board earlier, and I could have sworn somebody said that they dropped. All right, this internet. is updated as of
0: yesterday. So as of yesterday, state was forty. They were down to forty-eight. But like I said, that's updated as of yesterday. I don't know if that includes. Well, it says through games. So yeah, they did. They're down to forty-eight. Wow, that's
1: surprising. That is I mean, very did somebody else dropped because Arkansas came up by like 30 spots. Alabama was pretty high. I mean, what Florida what went up
0: four spots. Uh, but yeah, 37 dropped to 43, 38 dropped to 44, 45 dropped to 47. Um, and then you've had some good teams go up. 44 went up to 39. So state's just in a little bit of a, uh, a perfect storm there where they got,
1: they got caught.
0: That being said, Florida like,
1: – it, It'll all work itself out. Florida
0: being what? What would I just say they were? They're 46. That'll be a quad one, right, if State can beat them? Yeah, because it's on the road. Yeah, so that I means chance to get a quad one win
1: for Mississippi State on uh, on, on Wednesday. We'll see what happens. This is I, much different in the SEC than what it has been. The You know, used to in the SEC, you had to schedule some really good non-conference teams if you wanted to have – um, a good shot at the NCAA tournament because the SEC was so bad. But now you got like eight or nine teams in the top 50 of the net, I think. And so you, there's going to be tons of opportunities out there for Mississippi State. They can get some wins. Agreed.
0: Agreed. We'll see what happens this week. Big win for the a big win for the Bulldogs. Now it's a big week uh, for the Bulldogs. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi. Excuse me. <clears throat> Had a little voice crack there. I, I promise I'm not going through puberty. I want to thank our friends over at the Mississippi beef council beef. It's what's for dinner. It's cold outside. We didn't get any snow up here in Starville. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be thinking about chili. A friend of mine made some chili this weekend. She made chili and apple pie. Does it get any more American Ooh. than that? I mean, that's what I'm talking about, right? That's what, that's what you, if, 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 if I tell you, Hey, we're having chili and we're having apple pie for dessert. You're showing up. You're showing up. So, Chili, beef stew, vegetable beef soup. Those are all great ideas right now while it's cold outside. And then when it warms up and you want to fire up the grill, you just can't go wrong with some steak, some tri-tip, some picanha. There's so many great cuts of beef. If you don't have a good relationship with your local butcher, you need to get one because they can help you out with these kinds of things. And of course, when you buy beef, not only are you giving your family a delicious and nutritious meal, well, then you're also helping out 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians doing a half billion dollars worth of agriculture business in our state every year. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Go to, miss, go to msbeef.org for recipes. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. You know, one of the things that I, you know, having COVID and being you know quarantined, I haven't been out to eat. You know, I've, I've done some carry out, but I haven't been out to eat. I'm going back to Two Brothers. As soon as I feel 100%, I'm, I'm going to Two Brothers that very day. I will call you, Robbie Fall. We will go to two brothers together and enjoy a meal. You, we still haven't had the meal. I just thought when, about when it. is that going to happen? I got to be well, Robbie. Get, I gotta it's got to well. happen this week. If I'm well, Thursday, Friday, that's when we should be looking at. It. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I don't want to go sick. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. But <sighs> two brothers, two brothers might be Might be getting our business. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, but it should definitely get your business. What a great spot. Great. I mean, the food there is so good. Now, now I'm thinking about it, man. Now I've got smoked wings on the brain. I got to do something about that. So next time you're in Starkville, head over to the Cotton District, head to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. They make it really simple for you to advantage business systems. It couldn't be any easier than great products and great service, could it? We're talking about an incredible selection of products, everything your business needs from a technology standpoint, computers, printers, copiers, information systems, mailing systems. They've got it all. And then When the sale is made, they don't just ship you off with a 1-800 number to some overseas call center. We're talking about same-day service from people you know and trust because they're Mississippians just like you. Call them today and put Advantage Business Systems to work for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. It's been too long since we played the song. Creepin' Well, we knew Mississippi State was going to be active in the portal, and that's exactly uh, what they have been. Uh, since we, uh, we, we last convened, Robbie, uh, there have been quite a few additions to Mississippi State via the transfer portal. We talked about Marcus Banks and his addition, but since that moment in time, uh, State has added three more uh, transfers, uh, two receivers and a defensive back. Jackie Matthews is the DB transferring in from uh, West Virginia. And then two receivers, kind of interesting guys, Jordan Mosley from Northwestern, Justin Robinson from Georgia. Robinson is an interesting one to me for, for two reasons. He and Mosley both, these are younger guys. These aren't grad transfers. These aren't one-year one deals. These are guys sort of like Makai Polk. They're going to come in with multiple years of eligibility. Rogers is intriguing to me. Sorry, uh, yeah, not, not Rogers. Robinson. Because I saw some people, maybe upset's not the right word, but they're like, I don't know about this kid. Like, I don't understand what state, you know, state needs to get an impact guy right away. I want the people who are thinking like that to, to do a little exercise with me. And, Robbie, if you're one of those people, you can do it with me. I know you're not, though. Do we have to do exercise? It's a mental exercise. We don't have to do exercise. Oh, okay. Like I would ever suggest that we do an exercise. I mean, That's true. I should have known better. No humor, Robbie. I can't laugh. It's, I'm, still not, I'm still not there. Please don't joke. I'll try. But think about this. Let's say this kid, Robinson, who was a, you know, a true freshman last year at Georgia. Let's say that on signing day of last year, he had flipped from Georgia to Mississippi State. How ecstatic would you be, right? We flipped a guy from, that had a Georgia commitment. Come on. But now, after his redshirt year, it's, eh, I don't know. What are we thinking here? This guy is 6'4", he's 220 pounds. Kirby Smart thought he was good enough to play for the best team in college football. Why the hesitation with that?
1: Well, the reason that I, I – I wanted to do some background checking on him because there's a lot of times that guys like this, four-star guys coming out of high school, they go to Georgia, they go to Alabama, and they they get processed, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. They're not going to play there. Uh, they get recruited over and all that. So I kind of wanted to to talk to some Georgia people and get their thoughts because a lot of times when you talk to people that are on the beat, they'll give you a pretty good idea – about where that player is, and so I, I knew that I could get a straight up answer from Rusty Manziel because Great guy. he, yeah, he, and he's very, you know, he's a Georgia guy, but he's he will tell you straight up, um, you know, what he what he knows about a player. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's not going to, you know, have sour grapes. And he said that this guy is going to make an impact right away at Mississippi State. He he really believes that he will come in and immediately make an impact. Um, and he, what he, he told me major impact. Six four, wow. two twenty can move for a guy his size. I think four fives, maybe high four fives around four six, but four six is 220 is moving. Yeah. Um that. so getting a guy like this in the program, I trust Steve Steve Spurrier's evaluations. He decided to go away from RG, RJ Sneed from Baylor. Who I thought Mississippi State had a good chance of getting, he decided to go away from that route and go for a younger guy and a guy that has a much higher ceiling because that's what Justin Robinson has. He's a redshirt freshman, so he's got he's still got three four years to go mm-hmm. because he's he's got that COVID year if he if he wants to use it. Right. Um, so it, it's obvious that Steve Spurrier is going for the potential. Long-term potential with these two guys, Jordan Mosley and Justin Robinson. Two completely different wide receivers. Robinson is um, a big, freakish athlete that's got a very high ceiling. Um, that's that could be a, a you know a big play guy or possession receiver type. Jordan Mosley's got that breakaway speed. He can be a big-time playmaker. Um, that's you know significantly shorter than Justin Robinson, but a different kind of. Of wide receivers so he got two different wide receivers that have a ton of potential coming in and I, I think that that tells you that he feels good about what he's bringing back and he also wants to elevate the type of athlete that he has a wide receiver
0: yeah the thing I keep coming back to when people have asked me about this is you know they're talking about we need somebody to immediately come in and re- replace Polk who was Makai Polk a year ago you know, he, caught, he had caught 36 passes in two years at Cal. No, you know, nobody thought he was going to come in and set every, you know, rewrite Mississippi State's record book for receiving. Nobody thought that. So he had a tremendous year for Mississippi State, but this offense lends itself to receivers having a tremendous year. Somebody in that receiver room is going to catch between 80 and 100 passes again this year. I don't know who it is, but it's going to be somebody. It's going to be Jaden Wally. It's going to be Austin Williams. It's going to be uh, Ra-Ra Thomas. It's going to be maybe Justin Robinson. Maybe maybe somebody else. It doesn't matter. Somebody's going to do it.
1: So I don't want this. The thing that's really exciting about this, about what they're doing at wide receiver, is they're bringing in talent that they haven't had. They're bringing in a lot of speed. And they're mixing them with with some size too. They got some guys that that can be some physical mismatches for defensive backs, um, and then they're bringing in speed with this class and some of the transfer uh, portal guys too. So you you've got a really good mix of players. And go go look at what these guys were rated coming out of high school. There's a there's a, a handful of four star guys at wide receiver that I'd venture to say Mississippi State's never had. I don't think they've ever had this many four-stars on a roster. So now they really need to start pumping out some NFL wideouts, and I I think you're getting closer to that whenever you're adding four-star talent year after year. I think you're eventually going to start getting getting those kind of players. I think that's what Steve Spurrier is trying to do here, is go out there and get some guys that are – they've had guys that fit the offense that just fit the offense that can put up a lot of yards. They haven't had very many guys over the years that have been NFL wide receivers. Um, So I, you know, I, I really believe that what Steve Spurrier doing and adding some of these players is he's bringing in guys that he feels like he can develop much easier into NFL wide receivers, which is going to lend itself to having much more talent on the field. Yeah. I mean, it, why, why did Ole Miss
0: get guys like A.J. Brown? And I don't want to hear any jokes. D.K. Metcalf and those guys, because they were putting receivers into the NFL. You know, say what you want about Laquan Well, He was a first-round pick. Dante Moncrief was a high draft choice. So, you know, and it's sort of the same reason State gets great defensive linemen right now. It's because they have been putting them into the NFL. So, you're right. <coughs> getting another – getting an NFL, you know, that's sort of the first thing you need to have, right? We 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 talked about it with quarterbacks for a long time. You got Dak Prescott now. The next thing is to get a wide receiver into the NFL. And that will get the, you sort of, you know, when you combine we can get you to the pros with we're going to give you a chance to catch 75, 80 passes. That's how you get things done if you're Mississippi State.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I just I really like the wide receivers, honestly. I, I I'm not gonna like I said about um uh Robinson. I'm I, I'm not gonna be upset about that because I trust Steve Spurrier probably more than any other coach on Mississippi State staff when it comes to evaluation and things like that. And he had a guy that I felt like was ready made to come in here and and pick up at least somewhat where Makai Polk left off. I, I felt like he could come in there and catch eighty balls next season, no problem. That was a guy that I don't think that Mississippi State um, could really was really taking a chance on. I think that R.J. Snead could have come in and made a difference for the Bulldogs. He decided to go in a different direction and go with this kid. So I think that it's going to be um, I think this thing is going to be good for State at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I'm not too worried there. Let's talk a little bit about Jackie Matthews. That's a guy who I think also
0: is going to come in. He'll be an immediate impact guy. He'll, he'll find a spot there in that secondary. One of the safety spots will likely be his. Again, you know, talking to some people, I think it was our friend Stefan Krashnik who who had a, a friend on the West Virginia beat who told him that guy can play. That feels like a good pickup for Mississippi State. Between he and Bank, State has done well in, in secondary recruiting
1: in the portal again this season. Yeah, I think so. He... They, need, they needed some help on the back end, a guy that could cover, a guy that could hit. I think Jackie Matthews is going to help you there. I think, he, I think you upgraded in talent by adding him. And uh, there's no doubt I think they upgraded in talent by adding uh, Marcus Banks as well. And, uh, you know, I know there was, there was some uneasy feelings for people about Marcus Banks still being recruited or whatever, but he is enrolled in school and ready to go. Jackie Matthews, I think, is um, is going to be in school this week. The same for the other guys as well. And I, th- I think I have I have a really good feeling about um, a special teams guy that's uh, going to be joining State's program this week as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, we haven't even talked about that. that they they did uh, get a, a commitment who well, I guess will sign on the uh, the uh, the 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 signing date coming up. The was fe- that February second, I believe. Uh, yes. Now but, why, I, but now, why but is he, he not listed on twenty four seven?
1: Uh, he's a walk on. Oh, it's a preferred um, walk on. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I was actually talking about it, an additional.
0: I know you. I know. I know yeah. who you were talking about. But, I know you were talking about. But I'm saying um, they did get another commitment.
1: Yes, um, Gabriel Placencia, I think's his name.
0: That's correct. Yes.
1: Um, who's highly, highly thought of, a kicker slash punter. I think that they they will probably give him an opportunity to do both. But if I had to guess, punter is probably where they, where they might work with him more uh, because I, I think they need to have some uh, competition there. They need to have some competition at punter and kicker, to be honest with you. Mm. And uh, they just lost Nolan McCord to the transfer portal, which is not that big of a surprise. But I feel like they're going to get a big um, addition in the next couple of days as far as uh, kicker is concerned.
0: We're having to play the old private commitment game here. Um, one thing that's mystery out, recruit. Yeah. Uh one thing that does sort of stand out though is state has not filled its biggest need in the portal yet. And that's the offensive tackle. <coughs> Excuse me. They've had some guys come and go. Uh Tremon Schwartz, it looks like is not going to head to Mississippi State. Are you, you know, I think back a season ago where State was desperately trying to get a cornerback, it made sense that they could not get one, right? Because you couldn't offer them a starting job. You know, you knew that Forbes and Emerson were going to be the guys there. This is the opposite of that situation. You got both spots wide open. Are you surprised State hasn't seemed to have any takers as far as the spot at that offensive tackle?
1: I am. I thought that was going to be a really easy sell for Mississippi State. I mean, you're talking about you have a wide open spot at left tackle and right tackle. You do have a Juco guy coming in that you feel like is going to take one of those spots, but he hasn't proven anything yet. You can easily sell that to an um, uh, incoming transfer, and Stages has not been able to do it. I, I don't know what the problem is there, but they haven't been able to, to find a guy. And really, Shorts, from what I'm understanding, was being recruited as an interior guy, right? which I don't, I don't get. I mean, you still have a major – even if you feel that, you still have a major issue at one of the tackle spots. I mean, you're talking about an opportunity to come in –
0: probably be a starter, play in a, an offense with a lot of experience, it's going to be good, and play against SEC competition, which is just going to en- enhance your draft stock. It really, like you said, it seems like a very easy sell. And it's not that I – you know, Mason Miller is a good recruiter. He's been able to bring in quality guys. I don't know – I don't think that it's just on him. I think it's just there's some sort of disconnect here where people – I don't know if it's tackles saying, look, I don't want to pass block 700 times in a season. You know, I don't yeah. know if that's the case or not, but, you know,
1: it's I think, not the best, it's not the best offense for a lot of offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, Charles um, Cross is a guy born to
0: play in this kind of offense, a long, lean pass blocker. Not, not everybody is that guy, but state does need to find somebody there. Otherwise, I mean, I think, I think Percy Lewis is going to get a starting job one way or the other. It's just, is he going to be on the right or the left based on what state can bring in here?
1: They did. Um, they did offer while we were talking. Uh, Prince Pines, so we we saw had had kind of emerged as as a potential target for Mississippi State because they offered him coming out of high school, but he's been at um, Sam Houston State.
0: That's correct. I think, mm-hmm.
1: and has been really really good there. But State had recruited him out of high school, and it just kind of made sense. So you know, we'll see if something transpires from that. But they they uh, just offered him while we're doing the show. Right. Yeah, they need to so come I mean, get, get a good quality body in there and, and have the competition in the offseason. Let's see what happens.
0: We will see what happens. All right, one thing before we go, a, a, a loss on Sunday that has, we had sort of thought was coming, but it did, in fact, happen. MSU's 14-game <clears throat> winning streak against Ole Miss and women's basketball is over. Bulldogs fall in Oxford, 86-71. Robbie, this felt like it had been a long time coming. The game getting canceled last year in Oxford probably helped State. This time, they couldn't escape it.
1: Yeah, they, they were going to lose last year, I have no doubt. They were going to lose that ball game. And I felt like this was going to be a really, really tough task for Mississippi State to even stay in the game because this is the worst possible matchup for Mississippi State. This is a team that, that can really lock down defensively State's not a good um, uh, three-point shooting team, and Ole Miss was was going to make them shoot those if they didn't turn them over. But they turned them over, so it, a lot of that didn't matter. Couldn't match up with um, Shakira Austin. <clears throat> I really thought their best chance was to play his own defense, and they they stuck with the man the whole time. And I think I think you know Doug Novak has kind of that same personality as Vic Schaefer, that yeah. he's going to stick through that through thick and thin. And I, I just felt like that was the only way to, to win that ball game, especially with their best rebounder out in uh, Danae Carter. So that, that was, that was um, kind of expected the way that that thing played out uh, for the Bulldogs. But, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. I don't think that I'm, – I'm not trying to ask. It's almost
0: about to go on an eight-year winning streak or anything like that. But is there any possibility if State's at full
1: strength when that game comes to Starville, that things could turn around? Uh, they're going to have to have a completely different game plan, and they're going to they're gonna have to play a whole lot cleaner. I mean, 17 turnovers in the game. Most of those came in the first half. So that was just that, – that, that was a big part of things. But they couldn't rebound. Um, and that – you know, Danae Carter being out, I thought, was big. And um, so st- State was – State was down. They didn't have the players – but they didn't play well either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they play really, really well, they could. And, uh, you know, the, the crowd could have a factor in the game if they have a big uh, crowd because Ole Miss hasn't played um, with this particular group inside any kind of hostile environment. They haven't played South Carolina. They haven't played Tennessee on the road. And they lost that game against Tennessee uh, when they played the other night. So, I mean, it, th- that's a much better Ole Miss team. Um, And it's – you know, they have the better players right now. They're they're on a roll. That's going to be a tough game to win. And, um, uh, you know, Coach Yo made some comments after the game about they plan on coming and doing the same thing um, in February. So Mississippi State's going to have to play a totally different ball game. We'll
0: see what happens. All right. Like I said, glad to be back with you guys. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, We'll we'll do some more basketball, maybe some more recruiting. And it should be a good week of MSU Sports. To talk about. Looking forward to it. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.